0: You are listening to the Over and Back Podcast with Jason and RJ. And as always, we want you all to shut up and sit down.
1: Hey, hey, NBA fans, welcome back once again to the Over and Back Podcast. Welcome to our NBA Free Agent Moves and Trade Special episode. We are really excited to go over this. I am Jason Corbus, and with me as always is Mr. RJ Benner. Hey, hey. Hey, so, it is, uh, oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, I, I was going to say, I, I like, I have a different name for this episode. This okay. is the Tell Him why, why You Mad Son episode for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that works, that works for me. Uh, poor grammar at all that works for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm hyped about this one. Uh, there,
1: there was more moves this off than any other year I've ever seen in my life.
0: Yeah, it, it was it was bizarre, and and you know not to not to sound like a broken record from a previous episode, but I'm not one to toot my own horn. <laughs> Never. But forever ago, and continuously through the season and into the playoffs and especially when David uh, Griffin got hired, I said the AD trade is guaranteed to go to the Lakers. Kyrie leaving, there's no way they're going to give up Jason Tatum anymore. Nailed it. I said with Griffin in place, he's got a good enough relationship with LeBron. He's going to be able to like let past transgressions be forgiven, and he's going to make the trade, and they're going to get the same haul as before with one less asset. Nailed it. Can, can I get uh, a job, NBA?
1: You know, uh, Maybe that'll be coming down the pike, but then you'd have to start all over again. Again. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, it was it was a pretty good call on your part. The uh, I mean, we we saw uh, you know AD, you know for the last year talk about wanting to go to LA, but it was a matter of which team was he going to end up with, who was going to be able to win him over, and you made the right call.
0: Yeah, and, and again, I feel like it's less about. Um, like to to me, it was it was the way that I saw Anthony Davis behave with Rich Paul at the end of that season, there was no way Danny Ainge, unless unless he got unless he was able to get an extension attached to that contract, there was no way he was going to be able to make that risk. I, I feel like that trade, and it's sorry for kind of hijacking the beginning of this to talk about Anthony Davis yet again, but that highlight to me uh, or the highlight to me of this whole thing, Anthony Davis has moved to L.A., was that that was that was that player empowerment is what they you know what the players and agents are calling it right now, but right. that was hijack that was hijacking a franchise, and that was that like a player should never be able to do that, and because of the current structure of the collective bargaining agreement and and some of the power moves that are happening with agents, that that was allowed. Uh, there was nowhere else for him to go. they're they're just the Pelicans. The Griffin's a smart enough GM. He knew getting a a haul of assets is a heck of a lot better than watching this guy completely derail my young rookie and upset the season. So it's unfair that players all of a sudden are now in a position where they can do this to a franchise and hold them hostage.
1: It's, it's really not right. And the thing that, you know, it's not a popular opinion today, but at the end of the day, these players don't realize that they're employees of an organization. They think yep. they run the organization. You know what I mean, and yep. that you kind of you get. I mean, you can get philosophical on it or anything, but you get that opinion of where you stand in things when it has to deal with the amounts of money that is being issued. You get this much money, you feel like, hey, I'm uh, I can be in charge of anything, and it's it's putting things in an awkward position for for not only uh, owners and players. But, you know, uh, for fans, too, like, you, you can't have uh, a cheering section for a player these days and be loyal to them because they're really not going to be loyal to the organization. Right. And, uh, we, we, have a, we have, like, a couple of players that are, you know, have even drawn a little bit of criticism by being so outspoken about the fact that, you know, win or lose – you know, I'm loyal to these guys and people can't seem to understand why. Why would you be like that when, mm-hmm. I mean, it's <laughs> it's such a such a big shift, you know,
0: I get you. So, so this is that previous
1: statement that's
0: unpopular with the players, the social, the, the uh, NB, NBPA. I get all that. Uh, so I like to make a, a, a concession. I feel like you, you know, the reason why we're in this situation is because of the restricted free agency rules. In my opinion, what we've done, is, like we'll take the NBA, for example. We'll take Anthony Davis. So the Pelicans win the lottery and they're able to draft him, right? And, and they have him for four years. And I'm okay with that, right? Like, the, like the, the rookie contracts, I'm totally okay with. You have him for four years. Now, here's the problem I have. At the end of the four years, A, you can give him more money than any other team, and B, you can match any contract that he signs uh so for him to be able to truly be a free agent at the end of his contract, of his rookie contract, he has to sign a, a one year like it's a decent increase, but it's not a max year, like a, like a 12 to 15 million dollar deal, depending on on right. where he was drafted at to, to be a free agent at the end of his fifth year. I feel like this creates a situation where like an Anthony Davis or a Kyrie Irving or any they have to sign that rookie extension for the max money because a. Uh, they don't really have a choice and be even if they tried to leave, they're, they're taking a massive pay cut uh, to do that. Uh, and then they don't get that big resign money. I feel like if we got rid of the restricted free agency rules, if a player hates being in, in new Orleans, now he can leave and he doesn't have to go through this charade of, well, I'm here because I signed a, a three plus one extension and I'm the second year into it. But I really don't want to be here anymore. You didn't want to be there when you signed the deal. You just want the money. Like, let's get yeah. rid of that. Well, I cool. mean, that's
1: the thing, too, is they don't uh, – they they want the big money for, the ex- for resigning and getting that extension. But, like, they don't have to. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: I'm just saying if we got rid of that, so if, like – at the end of his four-year deal, that rookie deal, if he really wanted to go to L.A., he's free to do that. And the Pelicans had a chance, right? Like you had a chance to save him or keep him – make him a cornerstone of the franchise, and he doesn't want to play there. That's a problem with your franchise, right? Like Zion isn't going to want to be a Pelican his whole life no matter what he says right now. Year six, he's going to be looking at how do I get to New York? How do I get to, to – I don't know, whatever team is hot at the, at the time. How do I get to Dallas, whatever the case is?
1: Well, you know, let's be honest, they'll probably just hold out and hold the team hostage and, until they decide to make a move.
0: So. <laughs> right? But 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 again it's it's because we foster this this idea that um, we have this player, you know, four years plus. So we have this player seven years, the first seven years of his career before he can really leave. Um, and then after by by year five, year six, they're getting fed up with it because, like, look at the Pelicans. And I'm not defending Anthony Davis. I, I again, it's a it's an abomination for him to do what he did. You signed the deal, you knew the rules, you played the game, you should have, you should have, you should have upheld your end of the bargain. But that franchise is run like crap. This year might be different, but but every year since. It was the it was the redheaded stepchild to the Saints. The same ownership group gave them no no cover yeah. whatsoever.
1: Yeah, and and I don't know. Part of me wants to put a little bit of blame on Anthony Davis because of that. Because if I remember correctly, didn't he even sign an early extension with the Pelicans before that even came up?
0: Yeah, I think he signed. I think he signed that. Um, he he got. If I remember correctly, he got that super deal, the the Derrick Rose deal.
1: Yeah. It. I just, I just don't think that. Uh, well, these, when it comes to free agency, there's so many things that kind of go into these players not really uh, uh, being so happy in their choices, and the fact that they tie themselves in for so long, and then they just get disgruntled, and and now they just want to shoehorn their way out of there. It's just there has to be some sort of rule change to this, or other, otherwise it's gonna it's gonna hurt both sides of, of deals in the future.
0: Absolutely. I agree. The The way that it is structured right now, it's it's terrible. Uh, like all, all these deals, all these times we see these players try to go, it's the people in their second contract because they feel like they were kind of forced into this. The one where it makes no sense to me whatsoever, and I need you to shed some light on your opinion because right now I'm still perplexed. I'm still flummoxed. Paul George signs a max extension last year. He stands on stage with with Russell Westbrook and, and some celebrities, and he talks about he's 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 coming back and he's he's gonna be in an OKC and this is it. He makes it one year and then he says, "I want out." What is that?
1: That's the modern NBA, man. Uh, the grass is always gonna be greener every everywhere any of these players go. They're looking for the next better opportunity. It feels like, and there's no. Let's see if we can get these guys together again and win. Everybody is just, you know, going to where they feel like they have their best chance, and it doesn't matter who's who's going to be the ones uh, that are there and around them, and who gets you know kind of left at the end of kind of the the aftermath of whatever deals were made. Because when these teams are put together through free agency and making these big contact contracts. There's never enough money for these guys to make big runs. And they either have to do it in like two, maybe three years max, and then it all falls apart again. And you just can't build a long-term franchise that way. So that tells me like in this day and age, there'll be no more Chicago Bulls who, you know, win six out of eight years. There'll be no more, uh, there'll be no more Lakers, There'll be, you know what I mean, who have that Long-term stretch. Now we had the Golden State Warriors winning their titles over five years, but that's looking like that's coming to an end. If right, you know, okay, but, but, and so but, they're going to. Oh, go ahead. Oh, it's just uh, nothing is built through free the way current free agency is to make any team last in the long term.
0: I feel like if you look at the Golden State Warriors, and again,
1: but they I hate think compl- compl-
0: uh, right, that's what I'm saying. I hate complimenting them, but but that core was was uh, minimal priced free age, or vet, veterans like Dahl and Livingston to kind of like build a, a strong uh, bench. But yeah, Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, like those cornerstones were were legitimate. Like through the draft and and between Mark Jackson and Steve Kerr, like groomed to be who they are now. Uh, Kevin Durant coming like they won 73 and they had a championship before Kevin Durant showed up. They didn't need him.
1: I think it's kind of amazing to think about what would it be like if that actually never happened. You know what they would have been able to actually spend more money on their bench and keep that going. And then, you know, focused on their original drafted core. Yep. And I mean, I, I think uh, uh, who knows what could have happen there
0: yeah I, I don't know. I, I feel like you know Kevin Durant leaving was inevitable. I don't know why people thought he might resign like did we not learn the last time? like right. he had he does he doesn't know what loyalty is. he doesn't he doesn't think in terms of legacy. he thinks he thinks his legacy is cemented. He even said to himself i i'm I'm gonna have a, a statue based on what I've already done out here in front of the the new arena, whatever it's called. really like really. I don't think so, man. I could see Draymond, Steph, and Clay getting a statue of the three of them together, which I think would be perfect. No. But Durant would be nowhere to be found.
1: Yeah, Jay-Z will put a statue of himself in front of that arena before, <laughs> before <laughs> right. KD gets yeah. a statue. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I, I do want to talk about some of the free agent moves, but but let's get through the trades first if you're comfortable with that. Yes, yeah, that's uh, good. Perfect. So we talked about um, PG kind of leaving the thunder, but there was a lot more to it. There was this whole, like, Kawhi Leonard movement behind the scenes to, to make it happen. And then, bam, it was, like, instantaneous. Here's what I thought was really fishy about that. Sam Presty almost seemed excited to get rid of him.
1: Am I wrong? No, not at all. I mean, just the, the way it all went down, I mean, you can't really think anything else but that. It's... Uh, yeah. It, I think it's been something that's been in the works for quite a while.
0: Right. I, I think that I think that I think that the Thunder Brain Trust, were looking at their team thinking, "Uh, what have we done? Like, like how, yeah. do, how do we get out of this? So so to recap for, for the listeners, here's actually what that Paul George trade was. I know there's a lot of talk about like how big of a, a haul it was, but like, let's really talk about this haul. Uh, SGA, Shay Gilgis Alexander. I think he's going to be a stud. Like he might not be uh top flight NBA all star every year, but he's going to be. A, like a Kemba Walker knockoff type player, in my opinion. Like you can just count on him to be good. Uh, they get uh, Danilo Gallinari, who's like the only foreign-born player that I don't screw his name up on, which I'm really excited about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they, they, get, they just get a wealth of picks. They get a, uh, the 2022, the 2024, the 2026 first-round picks from the Clippers, which – like uh, people were like, oh, those are going to be really bad picks. Okay, I'll say the 2022 is probably going to be a bad pick. 2024 is a toss-up because Kawhi and Paul George aren't young bucks anymore. And t- by the time 2026 rolls around, six years, these guys could already be gone. They're only in three-year yeah. deals, anyways.
1: Yeah, if history tells us anything, they'll resign somewhere else. So
0: they get they get two. Yeah, they get two first-round picks uh, from Miami, which is the 2021 and the 2023. I'm not sold on that Miami roster. I don't know about you. Those Ooh. could be good.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's and, not too bad.
0: And then they they have the right to swap picks in twenty twenty three to twenty twenty five. This deal, this deal is almost uh, it is it, it is better. I was gonna say it's almost better. It is better than the deal that the Nets gave for Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and I. Uh, uh, there was some other person I can't remember that was part of that trade
1: where but they Kevin, got all this Paul Pierce and. Uh- uh, who else was it? Yeah, there was one other guy. I'm blanking
0: on it. Anyway, they get three guys from the Celtics, and they give up a, a, a haul that was less than this. They've been eviscerated the past five years. Uh Every draft, they were like the the ongoing joke, like ho 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 ho. But everybody's sitting here thinking, oh, you know what? This is a good trade because those are going to be terrible picks. The same thing was said about the Nets. They said, hey, this is a win now team, but you get you're going to get plenty of mileage out of Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett still. And it blew up in their face. These guys are younger. Paul George is definitely younger, but you're only getting Paul George, and I get that Kawhi signed as a contingency, but these guys are in their late twenties. They have a history of some serious injury problems, and they have commitment issues. How is yeah. this not uh, treated with the same light as that Nets deal?
1: Yeah, they uh, – it's not looking good. They really, really, really just gave up their entire future should this not work right. You know what I mean? Like yep. there's no – there's nothing to fall back on. There's nobody else coming. And uh, let's let's be honest. Paul Pierce – I mean, or Paul George missed a a big chunk of time fairly recently and then has had other nagging injuries, you know. Uh, I don't think he's going to, I mean, his leg is really nothing to worry about anymore, but he's got a lot of other things going on. It was his back that was bothering him in the playoffs, so I'm correct, right? Sure. Uh, I believe it was his shoulder, yeah. Shoulder, that's right, his shoulder. And uh, who knows? I mean, at some point, I mean, in the beginning of the season, Kawhi could probably break a nail or something and be out till Christmas. <laughs> all so, joking
0: aside, all joking aside about the Kawhi's uh, breaking a nail, that injury he still, even though he played like a like a man possessed in the finals, he still had legage leg issues like that so, never properly healed.
1: He had no lift through, yep. the, through that. It was it was like uh, when you make a move to the hole. A lot of it was like watching. One of those clever, crafty old guys you play with at the Y, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like watching Kevin McHale play or Larry Bird play, you know, at yeah. the end of their at the end of the run, where like they're going to score, but he wasn't soaring over people. This guy played like he was 32 years old, not 27, right? Yeah. So that, that that's a worry. It also segues into the next trade that happened almost instantly. Now I, I'm a little bit more uh, vexed by this trade: Russell Westbrook to the Rockets. Which is going to be <laughs> hilarious, man! That is so funny to me. Uh, Westbrook to the Rockets for Chris Paul, twenty twenty four and twenty twenty six picks, and rights to swap in twenty one and twenty five. How do you feel about that? Because I feel like Chris Paul has the
1: second worst contract in the NBA. I feel like this has train wreck written all over it. Uh, you know, not not to mention you know Chris Paul being over there in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, where he completely does not fit into what they're trying to do over there. And it's just, you're paying $40 million for this piece of the puzzle. That's never really going to quite fit all of that aside. What the hell is going to happen in Houston with two guys who are so ball dominant. I'm so excited.
0: We thought that, we so thought
1: that, we thought that uh, you know, Harden got lazy last year when he wasn't the one bringing the ball up and Chris Paul had the ball in his hands. What is it going to be like in this year? Westbrook is going to demand the ball a lot more than Chris Paul did. And that means James Harden is going to have to learn to play offense without the ball in his hands. And we'll no, see that's, if
0: he can. No, no, no. That's the beauty of it, Jason. Both uh, both Russell Westbrook and James Harden, uh, they go one on five. Harden's excited. He, the reason why he likes this deal is he's like, hey, when, when Westbrook takes the ball down, I don't have to do anything because this dude isn't passing it. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need me. He's going to go one on three, drive to the hole, and, and take a terrible shot. That's Westbrook's thing, right? Like, yay. This is exciting for me. Where Chris Paul would bring the ball down, he'd want to initiate pick and rolls. He'd want to drive and dish. He'd want to do all these things that yeah. a player, you know, does. But Westbrook doesn't
1: care. But there's a certain number of times that James Harden is going to want to do that. He's not going to get to do it that many times. And that to me, that's going to lead to uh, some some hard feelings, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. But again, <laughs> Chris Paul – sorry for the cough. Chris Paul does all talk, all bark and no bite. Russell Westbrook might actually bite James Harden.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is true. You never you never know.
0: Uh, all right. So so I, I've been kind of leading the trade talk. How about I kick it over to you? What's the trade that happened this offseason that really – that you either loved it, you, it was a head scratcher, the, the thing that you didn't like?
1: Oh boy. You know, to be quite honest, the, the, the trade that I did not like was the one that we just talked about for those reasons. Now we took a team like, like Houston that is really, I felt so close to being where they needed to be to actually make a title run. And their, their biggest issues were their one and two guards that were not playing so well together. And then, uh, they were able to just shut down their shut down the the two man game in the playoffs. You know they made Chris Paul completely irrelevant. And uh, again, like with uh, with what they did to uh, Steph Curry, I mean James Harden, you know got a little bit too much D in his face and wasn't able to make as many threes from the outside as he was accustomed to, and his percentage there went way down. Yeah. Now they needed they needed players to fit to actually be able to run some offense to get good shots for these guys. If they want Harden, like, I don't know. I, I think eventually the James Harden is not going to have, be able to do the kind of things that he's doing now with so much of his crap, uh, with his travels being brought into light. Like, I just have this funny feeling that so many people are making a stink out of it. It's going to be watched a little bit closer. Yeah. Um, And so he's going to need to learn to score another way, and that's going to be depending on other people. And if he can't depend on other people uh, to actually run an offense with him, because Russell Westbrook is not the guy to run an offense with. Just ask Kevin Durant. (laughs) like It's just going to be hard days over there. And so that is a move that I am just completely just baffled by. Like I just don't understand why they would do that. All right. Um, yeah.
0: So let me let me toss one to you then. That's close to your your hometown. There was a it was a it was a four team with a sign and trade. Uh, so I'll I'll recap the the Jimmy Butler deal. And oh, I think there's enough ele- yeah, there's enough elements of this like it makes my head hurt. But so uh Jimmy Butler goes from the 76ers to the Heat. So the, so the four teams evolved. The 76ers, Miami Heat, Portland Trail Blazers, LA Clippers. Here's the breakdown. Butler goes to the Heat. Myers Leonard, uh, who I think you and I both were kind of fans of by the end of the season. Or no, that, that was actually Zach. Uh, Myers no, Leonard. No, it
1: was Myers Leonard was the one was that
0: was it? playing like a beast. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So Myers Leonard goes uh, from Portland to Miami. Cash gets moved as well. Josh Richardson moves from Miami to Philadelphia. I don't know why people are big on Josh Richardson. I've always thought he's just noised. Uh, Blazers get Hassan Whiteside because, you know, seven foot slow centers with bad attitudes are all the uh, craze right now in the NBA. Um, uh, they get the draft rights to a, to a foreign player who, who may or may not, um, come to fruition. The Clippers get Harkless from the Blazers and a first round pick that they package back out, um, from the heat. So I don't even know where you want to begin. That's a lot to digest. Walk me through. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, well, I do actually like Jimmy Butler in Miami and I think, uh, him pairing up uh, with uh, Dragic makes a, a pretty good backcourt. The, the the other move that I actually like, just because of potential sakes. Now I haven't been. I really think Portland is going to miss the hustle and the rebounding and just the defensive presence of Mo Harkless. Uh, that's going to be a big loss. But I don't know if they're they're clinging on to the possibility that Whiteside can actually play up to his potential from a couple of years ago. Let's face it. He's not an old guy. The fact that his game fell off as much as it did, especially just his defensive game. And that's pretty much, you know, what he needs to be is that solid, uh, solid rim protector and rebounder and that guy to clog the lanes. I mean, you'll get his, he'll get his dunks that he gets off of hustle plays, but uh, let's face it. He'll never be a guy they run any offense through, but I think that's not what Portland has ever needed you know they need that center to be able to do those particular things, and I like that move because of that. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, the Richardson in uh Philadelphia—that's the other one, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So Richardson goes yeah. up to Philadelphia.
1: I mean, he's he's up and coming. You know, he's got a Is lot he? of well, yeah, I, yeah.
0: I don't, I don't like the guy.
1: He he's got his uh, his following in the league. I, I mean, he's not <laughs> my favorite guard to watch, but he's a really solid player. The the thing is is he's definitely not a replacement to Jimmy Butler in your lineup. You know right. what I mean? It's not even not even close to that. So, they have uh they have a lot of making up to do, but it also leaves more room in the offense for, for people like Ben Simmons to to try to develop. Maybe Maybe he'll decide to throw up a few more shots this year. We'll see. But again, obviously he'll get more of a chance on the offensive end uh, with Richardson there instead of Jimmy Butler there, who was gonna who was your primary. You know what I mean? So, yeah.
0: so I, I don't think, right. I don't
1: think it's a terrible move.
0: All right, so those are some of the biggest deals. What I'd like to do, if you're game for it, I want to throw some of the smaller deals with like those like mid-level and and maybe lower-level players. Just give me like a a 5 to 10 second gut reaction like like however you like. Are you ready? We'll, we'll do rapid yeah, fire. Yeah,
1: sounds, sounds good.
0: Okay. Denver Nuggets get Jeremy Grant for, for a 2020 first round pick.
1: Doesn't make any sense. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. This one a little bit more complicated. It was it was out of necessity. Kevin Durant uh, was going to the Nets. Anyways, they turned it into a sign and trade where they include a 2020 1st round pick to get Shabazz Napier, uh, Travion Graham, and D'Angelo Russell. How do you feel about that one?
1: Uh, that's not too bad. Getting D'Angelo Russell on your on your roster, you know, even with his uh, baggage that he's sort of made for himself uh, the last couple of off seasons, uh, I think it's a good move.
0: Okay. And we'll talk more about D'Angelo Russell in the free agency portion. Like I think we'll have a separate podcast for that. But when we when we talk about each of the free agency moves, I think that we'll spend a little bit more time on him. Uh Derek Favors, who I've never really liked, but some people in the NBA think he, he's he still has potential. He's like a straw mile swift uh, with a weight problem. Uh Derek Favors <laughs> to the Pelicans for two second round picks.
1: You know, I, I think he's got a lot more chance of making an impact than two second round picks would over the next couple of years so i think it's a pretty good move he'll be solid he's not going to be anything spectacular but he is what he is
0: okay i mean there, there's some really small trades like uh, getting rid of chandler parsons off the contract i, I think everybody that's in the world is in agreement <laughs> right like yeah it's, it's salary dump stuff that's fine whatever here's one for you uh kimba walker already going to the celtics celtics include a second round pick um, I'm sorry, the the Hornets include a second round pick the, 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 the Celtics include a protected second round pick, uh, essentially Terry Rozier's is packaged to that. How do you feel about, um, about that deal? Terry Rozier to the Hornets for a close to max deal,
1: uh, that's really,
0: in the Senate trade. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, Terry Rozier, uh, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna make a big impact. I think he is, a uh, he's gonna do a pretty decent job. I feel like the hole that, uh, Kemba Walker is going to leave but um, uh, he's a dog on defense. He's, you know, when uh, they had all the injuries uh, the year before or last and, uh, and Rozier had to step up and be the, the starter. I mean, he showed that he's more than capable of doing that. So I think, uh, I think he's going to shine. Hornet's uh, still gonna-
0: I, fair enough. CJ Miles. Uh, to the <laughs> C.J. Miles to the Wizards and the Memphis Grizzlies get Dwight Howard.
1: Uh, I don't care about either of those teams. <laughs> Perfect. <Who's the> next? <laughs>
0: uh, three team trade involving the Washington Wizards, the Brooklyn Nets, the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Dave Bertrands or Davis Bertrands goes to the Wizards. The Nets get Aaron White and uh, Nemanja Danubic. Yeah, okay. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say I nailed that one.
1: And I the Spurs get... Close for <laughs> Uh
0: uh and the Spurs get DeMar Carroll.
1: Uh, I, I actually like the Spurs getting DeMar Carroll. Uh he has always uh been a really good uh a defender and the fact that you know that gives him a guy that can give him fifteen, you know that's great. Okay.
0: Uh, this one's a. I, I have a funny opinion on this one, so it'll be quick. Pacers get TJ Warren and a second round pick. The Miami Heat get a second round pick. Phoenix Suns get cash. How do you feel?
1: <laughs> I guess you need money at some point, but uh, that's just, Phoenix- just, just it's just trades for financial reasons. It's right, I yeah. I
0: love this. I love this. TJ Warren to the Pacers. I think it's a good fit. But I love that the Suns are essentially the Oakland A's of the NBA. It's amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh,
0: that's right uh, just, just give me money it's fine yeah like wait, wait, just, just buy anything on my roster it's all for sale i need to buy I, I need to i need to make payroll uh utah jazz get mike conley memphis grizzlies pick up grayson allen jake crowder kyle corver who was cut and the 23 uh 23rd overall pick which turned into darius basley 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 basil turn it into basil, basil. <laughs> in, a protected, in, a, in a protected first round pick how do you feel about that deal
1: Uh, well, uh, it's a lot, uh, a lot of assets going over, uh, to, to the Grizz, but, um, you know, getting Mike Conley, getting the, the point guard position locked down in Utah, something they needed to do for a while. They couldn't depend on getting draft picks like Grayson Allen time to develop. He was too busy tripping or punching somebody, I think.
0: (laughs) And and it, it it allows him to move away from Ricky Rubio as well, which is always a positive.
1: Yes, absolutely. So I think it, it ensures their starting lineup a little bit more stability. So it's All good right.
0: move. Uh, do you, what do you think about uh, giving up Dario Saric to move up five spots in the draft? So the Suns get Saric and they give up their sixth pick and they also get the 11 pick. So Minnesota essentially gives up uh, Dario to go from 11 to six. How do, you, how do you feel? Was that worth it? Did they get value out of that?
1: they'll get value out of it just in contract because Dario Sarge is going to be signing a deal pretty soon. Uh, to me, that's pretty much it. They're giving up Dario Sarge. who was a 17, 18 point a game guy who is a solid shooter from the outside and a decent rebounder, you know, to uh, hopefully ensure, you know, a more solid draft pick. But again, it's a draft pick and you don't know what you got. At least with Sarge, you knew what you had. So,
0: yeah, um, I really love this trade because it was it, the same person got traded for himself. Atlanta Hawks get Evans, <laughs> Portland Trail Blazers get Kent Bazemore. So essentially, I don't even know why you would make this deal because aren't they the exact same person?
1: Yeah,
0: pretty close. Okay. It's pretty close. <laughs> Again,
1: it might have just been something monetarily, probably so.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: otherwise, <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense
0: to me, right? Like, like I don't understand what the benefit of of, of Baysmore is um, at all. I want to, I want to, uh, I want to bring this one up just because I know it's a, a sensitive, it's a sensitive thing. Uh, as we as we move away from trades, so Bull Bull uh, gets traded for future second round pick and some cash considerations from the Heat. Uh, to the Denver Nuggets. So, well the forty-four picks so they could draft Bull Bull. What do you think of that deal? And the only reason I'm asking you is because how the hell did Bull Bull go all the way to 44?
1: Well, Bull Bull dropped because of injury, but I don't I did not see him dropping that far. I still thought he was going to be in the first round, if you asked me last, you know, during the during the draft. But I mean it's really no surprise. It's it's hard to take a lot of stock into a guy who let's face it when you're built like that you're built for injuries you know what i mean and i i all i can say is he probably you know just looking down the into the looking glass they probably saw a lot more of these uh these little nagging injuries and you know knee issues and what have you from from a guy as long as bull bull is you know just probably not going to stop happening to him so
0: yeah it's sad i did hear a rumor around draft night that uh so he was recovering from that foot injury which prevented him from you know getting a lot of playing time well he showed up like 15 pounds underweight like like he was already underweight so not 15 pounds underweight i'm i i, I should not have said it that way he showed up 15 pounds lighter than he was previously listed at that's and, insane and, yeah and they're like obviously he has an issue and i'm like whatever his issue is can i borrow it please <laughs> I, I just I, I want to accidentally lose 15 pounds because I have trouble keeping weight on. Are you are you serious? Uh, so, anyways, they, they talked about his, some of his uh, durability issues, but also the fact that they're scared that he's never going to be able to bulk up and he's just going to be this really tall, skinny guy that gets pushed around and can never give you more than 10, 15 minutes. Because again, if you're that tall and that skinny, you're going to get broken in half in this league. Yeah, like father. So, like- <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, Bull Bull had a great I mean, Manu Bull had a great career. Uh, speaking of speaking of uh, uh, great careers, uh, you know, we're we're definitely destined for it with with our podcast because we're doing such a good time. such a good time or having uh, RJ try again we're doing such a good job at monitoring our time we're at the 35 minute mark jason i want you to go ahead and make a decision right now should we go ahead and continue moving forward and just make it a full hour-long issue or should we go ahead and uh, uh give the people what they want tomorrow thank you jaylen jacobi uh <laughs> with the with the free agency breakdown in another podcast
1: uh let's go ahead and break it up into another podcast if you ask me i think that'd be yeah. a good idea
0: oh what a tease for our listeners Thank you guys very much. Uh, we we managed to get through all the important trades. Uh, some of the some of the trades that we didn't really talk about, uh, they're either going to be covered by some of our draft conversations later on, or they're going to be part of the uh, we're going to dive because they were really signed. They were signed technically signing trades, but they were really free agency moves that. Um, uh, turned into a sign and trade. So there could be a little bit of asset shifting around and players could get better contracts. So if you, if you were waiting for us to talk about one of those, there's re- reasoning behind it. We're going to treat it like a free agency move. I thank you all for listening to our rants and, and some of our, of our nonsense of the uh, tell them all you mad son uh, edition of the Overback podcast. Jason, any parting words of wisdom?
1: Yeah, I'm not so mad anymore. So, uh, <laughs> Hey, it was great talking <laughs> to you guys this week. Hey, you know, We'll see you next time.
0: All right, peace. Peace.